0: Because if you're eating things like artichokes, beans, you know, vegetables, nuts, fruits, you know, whatever, bring natural whole plants, the calories enter the bloodstream pretty slowly over a period of hours. For example, if I eat, some, if I eat 100 calories of beans, all those 100 calories won't come into the bloodstream for two or three hours to enter the bloodstream. Whereas if I eat calories from a piece of white bread or a bagel, it'll enter the the bloodstream in two or three minutes. And that's of course referred to the glycemic load of that food of how fast the sugar enters the bloodstream when you eat that food. But the same thing happens with oil and fats into the bloodstream rapidly. If I have olive oil or canola oil or cottonseed oil or safflower oil, if I have oil, the calories enter the bloodstream immediately. Whereas I have sunflower seeds, or walnuts or sesame seeds, the fat calories onto the bloodstream very slowly over a period of hours, which the body can then preferentially burn it for energy. But I'm saying that the rapid spike of calories in the bloodstream that we get from eating oils and white flour and sugar can't be, you can't achieve that unless you have processed foods. You can't go in the jungle and the forest and eat food and have such a high spike in calories in the bloodstream. You can't put 500 calories in the bloodstream simultaneously. You can even if you eat 400 or 500 calories of food, it's still going to take hours to get it into the bloodstream, to get into into the bloodstream. Maybe you can get 100 calories in the bloodstream. But if you want to get 400, 500, 600, 700 calories in the bloodstream at one time, you have to eat processed foods. And when you eat these fake foods like oil, because oil is a fake food, it doesn't exist in nature. It's a fake food that damages the brain. It damages the brain because the rush of calories in the bloodstream, this heavy amount of caloric load, stimulates dopamine centers in the brain and stimulates the apostat. In other words, what happens is you get acclimated to the spike of calories and the high spike of calories in the blood from oil and flour, when flour is sugar, white flour is a sugar equivalent. It's the same thing. White flour enters the bloodstream as sugar. So the body doesn't have any... Way to tell the difference between you ate sugar cube or honey or maple syrup or bagels or croissants or pizza or pasta. It's just coming in the bloodstream as sugar. So white flour is sugar in the blood. And it enters the blood, it enters the bloodstream as fast as if you had sugar right from a spoon eating out of a just sugar out of a jar. It's almost the same thing. So you spike this these calories in the blood. And then the brain, especially the dopamine centers in the brain get accustomed to the surge of calories, the same way if you had a surge of snorted cocaine, or if you had a surge of opiates, in the same area of the brain that's stimulated by opiates, and you have this dopamine stimulation from the surge, this high surge of calories, that's not achievable naturally. It's only achievable with fake food designed by humans to get people addicted. And you have, and then over time, you become more dopamine sensitive, which means you're not feeling normal unless you have the high spike of calories in the bloodstream. You feel empty, you feel wasted. You feel like you you can't it's, you're not satisfied unless you eat some foods to spike calories in the blood because you're chronically used to these extra calories that are not food from oil and, and white flour. So now you're not happy with just having an apple. You have to have not concentrated calorically enough. You have to have something, you know, a chocolate bar or, you know, or dates and you have to have you, have, you have to get more calories in the bloodstream. You have to fight for those extra calories. You have to have bread. You have to finish the meal with a cookie or a bagel or something or some chips or some fries or some burgers or some meat. You can't, you're not satisfied with just enough with just a normal amount of calories, right? A normal amount of calories and a liter of a stomach that holds a liter of food is like 400, 500 calories. You're satisfied. You actually feel full with 400, 500 calories per meal. And those calories don't all come into the bloodstream. So what I'm saying is when you're eating America, when you're eating processed, modernized, these fake foods, these fast foods, and I call things that are fast foods, anything enters the bloodstream fast. So so white bread or Italian bread is fast food, because it enters the bloodstream fast. And oil, all oil is fast food. Oil is completely unnatural for humans, and it puts a huge spike of calories in the blood. And maybe if you're working eight hours behind a plow that weighed 800 pounds all day long in the field or chopping wood all day, or or a professional athlete, a little bit of oil would make too much difference. But people who are sitting on their bottoms all day and not doing much exercise, that oil converts right into fat and it gives them extra calories because you're taking in calories without a significant micronutrient load. In other words, I'm saying right now that processed foods include oils. And process, you know, and and pasta and bread and and mayonnaise and donuts and cookies and crackers and rice cakes and breakfast bars and chips and soft drinks and breakfast cereals and all these things are processed foods. And they don't have much nutrients in them; they're mostly just calories. They're empty foods. And animal products, chicken, eggs, fish, meat, you know, poultry, they also give you, you know, have protein and fat in them but they have an insignificant load of micronutrients. The vitamin content is very narrow. In other words, they contain a certain level of certain vitamins and minerals, but very moderate levels of just that small amount, that small, um, a very small number of nutrients. You don't get a large number of nutrients that, we, that humans need. So I'm saying a piece of chicken is like a bagel because they're both foods that don't have a significant micronutrient load. They're mostly just calories. So both animal products and processed foods don't don't are calorically are nutritionally deficient. As a primate, we're a green vegetable dependent animal. They should give every person being born, every mother giving birth and father giving birth to a baby, they should give them a pamphlet that says to them that humans are green vegetable dependent animals. And if they don't eat a sufficient amount of green vegetables, like the other primates, they can't have normal immune systems and they can't have a normal life. We are vegetable-dependent animals. So what I'm saying, of course, is sugar and flour aren't food because food means it supplies the body with nourishment for for sustenance and life. And sugar and flour, S slash F means sugar and flour, are anti-nutrients because the body has to metabolize them into energy, and it uses cofactors vitamins and minerals to churn, to turn this glucose into energy, which strips the body of nutrients, and the body can't efficiently convert all the all those calories into energy, so we then um, shunt it towards fat storage. So sugar and flour accelerates fat storage and increases appetite and makes you up to a food addict, and it leads to nutritional starvation, which then, because it strips the body of nutrients and doesn't supply the nutrients that are generated by its metabolism, in other words, When sugar or glucose is generating energy, it also produces free radicals. But that's okay to produce free radicals because the foods that naturally contain sugar in nature, like oranges and mangoes and papaya or, you know, or cherries, supply the antioxidants diffuse the production, the production of free radicals. And the sugar is intracellular, not extracellular. So it's not free sugar. It's, it's, it's bound to fiber in the cell, so it's absorbed slowly and it's, and it's, and it's degraded and metabolized by bacteria in the gut, a fuel, so it is a very complicated um, digestive process that's different when you eat fruit when you compared to when you eat straight sugar or flour. So this eating straight sugar and flour. So one of the major, so I'm saying here, the major causes of obesity are, are sugar and oils, right? Sugar and oils. And because it puts the body under attack, we can't turn it into, we store it into fat, we can't turn it into energy efficiently. It just makes us feel lethargic and with lack of energy, but we're building up more weight and we're getting more intracellular, intramyocellular lipids, more marbling of the fat. And more fat around the muscle tissue, which makes you more insulin resistant, and makes your muscles weaker. And then you don't feel like doing much exercise, and you don't. You feel kind of like a couch potato, so you lead to, leads to chronic fatigue. So eating bread and pasta and white rice leads to chronic fatigue and nutrient depletion. And eventually, you have you know your bones, your muscles waste away, and your bones waste away too because your bone strength is proportional to your muscle strength. So what I'm saying here is that this SF, which means sugar and flour, meaning white flour products, even whole wheat flour, whole wheat pastry flours are grind so fine they have a high glycemic load, but they create insulin resistance because we produce more fat around the muscle tissue and they promote cancer because insulin promotes cancer. High levels of insulin promote cancer. So I'm saying here that these foods are, that, that, um, are the hallmark of our glycemic unfavorable diet. And the foods that are most eaten on glycemic unfavorable diets are white bread and white rice and white potato and french fries and chips and cereals and things like that. And that. So these um, high white rice or high um, white flour diets, and that's in most in United States, I call it the cake diet. Most people are eating food of white flour at every meal. And they don't see that as eat the same as eating candy. And they don't see the white flour as being lifespan, as such a dangerous food. They might see the saturated fat from an egg yolk, um, cholesterol in an egg yolk, or the saturated fat you know, from, from meat being unfavorable, but they don't see that white bread they ate, that plant-based food as white bread or white rice being so dangerous, as dangerous as it really is. So glycemic unfavorable diets, sharp spike cancer rates are linked to 85% increased risk of breast cancer, for example, and meta-analysis show high glycemic diets are linked to um, other types of cancers as well. Um, and, and of course, this um, on the slide here, I'm saying that cancer rates went up every single year from 1935 to 2005, but we're saying, what I'm saying here is that cancer is a relatively new phenomenon in human history. Cancer, we didn't have many cancers around the world in the early earlier centuries. Cancer wasn't even mentioned in the medical literature until the 16th century. And in those days, we only found very, very, it was very rare. The first cancers that appeared in any significant number were scrotal cancers and testicular cancers noted in men who worked as chimney sweeps being exposed to those polyaromatic hydrocarbons and toxins in, in, in chimney smoke. So, and that more fat on the body and more processed foods in the diet, which has been increasing over the last hundred years. Don't forget it, around 1940, half of the calories consumed in America were calories grown on people's own homesteads or homes or farms. Let me say that one more time, that we called them victory gardens and around World War II, about half the calories in America were consumed by the food people could grow in their own homes. And then we've moved from the 1960s and the nine, when we started the fast food revolution, in the 1970s when we had more proliferation of fast foods of fast food restaurants, and people ate more out of out of the home outside of the home. Then we saw a growing waistlines and growing autoimmune disease, growing rates of mental illness, and of course growing rates of cancer and heart disease, stroke, and dementia. So we see, and what we're saying here in this slide is that. Fat on the body drives immune suppression and makes infection worse and dangerous. And we have a continual growth in infectious disease rate of death, not just cancer-related deaths. And data on overweight women, for example, showed a sevenfold increased higher rate of infection, you know, compared to normal weight women. So here's a study on 2.3 million people showing being overweight is a major risk factor from infectious from pneumonia. Or, or other infectious related causes of death. And even a few extra pounds can increase risk of infection. And, of course, and now we've seen that with COVID. We've seen COVID being a, a pretty pathogenic bacteria, a pretty, pretty right, pretty pathogenic, um, excuse me, it's a pretty pathogenic virus, not a bacteria. But the point is it's a pretty um, virulent um, virus that causes pretty severe illnesses in people that are nutritionally depleted or overweight. It doesn't create significant cause of death and morbidity or mortality in people that are healthy. And instead of people learning that and trying to improve their health, they, the American population, gain more weight and just rely on drugs and, and vaccines and not rely on good health habits to support better immunity and better protection.